0: Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, week three is over. We're on to week four. I, I can't believe how fast the season is going. How you doing, buddy?
1: Uh, it's nuts. I mean, we get in here. We, I mean, you and I spent so many months just talking football that isn't during the, the, the NFL season, right. then it gets here and it flies by. It's just so crazy how quickly it goes by, but you're right. We're, we're already a quarter of the way through the season. What are you uh, it's, talking it's about? A, no, no, we're, we're almost at the quarter way part, but, but still it's, that's, it's nuts.
0: All right. So today we're going to answer some of your Twitter questions. We're also going to kind of mix in some of our all 22 notes. Cause both of us had a chance to watch the film last night. Uh, I saw you put some fun videos up there. I, I did a couple gifts, Um So we're going to talk about that. But let's go ahead and start uh, with this first question from Shyam. They want to know, what do you think is the cause of Jalen Smith's regression? It, oh. <laughs> it, it parentheses, regression. And uh, then he seems to kind of pick it up by mid-quarter, second half. Uh, we actually spent a good 10 minutes before the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Talking about this, but let's <laughs> let's go ahead and dive into this because there's, I mean, I think there's like six or seven people wanting to know about this. What do we think about Jalen well, yeah, Smith's regression?
1: Real quick, I, I wasn't groaning because of the question. I'm groaning because I mean, Marcus and I yeah, literally just spent 20 minutes talking about this. Um, yeah, well, and, and I think it's it's, I think regression is yeah. I, the, the, I'm glad you're putting it in parentheses because I, I don't know that there's regression happening here. I, like I I just think that. It's, it's early in the season. Um, he's a high-variance player. That's who he That's is, yep. guys. Like, he's a playmaker. He's a guy who is the one who, yeah, he missed the tackle, but he also punched the ball out when he missed the tackle. And he caused, like, the, the only big play that the defense had, really, if you want to talk about big plays in that yep. game. So, uh, I you know, I think it, I was just talking about how, you know, it's – it's like you're you're an archaeologist, right? You've got you've got the you've got the hammer and you've got the the brush that cleans up all the, the, the right, th- that actually yeah. reveals right, right. what you got. And, and, and Jalen is the hammer. Leighton Van is the one who makes it clean, makes it right. You know, he's the one who's he's going to clean it up if, if Jalen isn't right. But Jalen is the guy who you're throwing at a blocking scheme and he's destroying three blockers and allowing Malik Collins to split free and get the get one of the only sacks of the game. Um, I think I think you know some of the guys in the Cowboys break were talking about it earlier, and I and I think that they've got it right that you know I, his, his, least strong part of his game by far is man coverage. I think he's solid in, in zone coverage where he can drop and move forward and attack when the ball comes underneath. I think he's incredible in the run game, and I think he's an amazing, amazing blitzer and pass rusher as a linebacker. So I, I just think that there's times when uh, uh, you know that he has issues in man coverage, and and, and as uh, Marcus will point out, I, I think he tapped himself out of the game because he was. Yeah, tired.
0: I, I think he might you know? have had an it, IV in that game at some point, and. It, Listen, this is a theory, it's not it's not the it's certainly not one I can prove, but my guess is he's playing at a little heavier weight than normal. Not a bad weight. I want to clear that up. I don't think he's gained weight or fat or anything like that. You've got a reputation. You, you,
1: you kind of have right. to make sure. So I, clear you do. Up.
0: I, I think <laughs> Jalen knows that a lot of his game is going to be between the tackles, and he needs to bulk up for a lot of that contact, taking on guards and that stuff. It wouldn't surprise me if he's playing at a little heavier weight and he's using the first kind of three, four, five games of the season to get used to playing at that weight. Uh, And I think that's why the Cowboys are okay rotating Joe Thomas in uh, to to kind of give him a break, uh, you know, in certain packages, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And I also think part of it is that he is doing more pass rushing stuff. And I think that that is a lot more exhausting than doing a shallow drop. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, and and, and to be fair, I think before this game, I could be wrong, but I think he played 100% of the snaps the first two games. So it it just may be time for him to start getting some breaks. And you've got a guy like Joe Thomas. Use yeah, him, man. Like, cause, because man coverage
0: is Joe Thomas's strength. Right, and, and you feel really comfortable putting him, him out on the field. Uh, and, you know, like we said, it, it just keeps those guys fresh, not only through this game, but throughout the season. Um, there was about four other questions about Jalen. Some people think he doesn't look explosive. Some people think you're struggling to get off blocks. Uh, I, I think we covered that pretty well. I,
1: I, I mean, I've seen him getting off blocks. Like I, I think, I think you're not wrong. I think there were t- uh, the, the first game. I think both him and Layton struggled to get off blocks early on, but I, I think they've cleaned that up. I, I saw, I've seen him defeating blocks, and you know, if anything, that the plays that we're seeing him uh, miss at times is uh, being beaten by elusive players, which you know is. Wide receivers and guys like Kenyon Drake, I mean, sometimes it just mm-hmm. happens.
0: All right, we've got like three different questions from people. I'll pick this one from Twin about Jordan Lewis. They want to know, do you think Jordan Lewis is going to cover uh, Alvin Kamara this week like we saw last year? Um, I know a lot of people are worried about Kamara versus Jalen one-on-one. I don't think that's going to happen too often. But do you expect to see Jordan Lewis on, a fi- on the field a lot this week covering mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara?
1: I mean, it didn't really happen – a lot the first time you know it only happened i think on like a dozen plays or maybe just above that so i think it got so much hype you know the first time it happened that i i wonder if they aren't just a little bit more judicious about doing it this time but at the same time it really was effective yeah, absolutely. so I, I i you know i think that it's something to keep an eye on for sure um and at the same time, you know, maybe they even do something with, uh, with Anthony Brown and or uh, uh, Chidobe Awuze as well. I mean, I think right now it looks like this is a two-man game, you know, between Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. And, and so I, I feel like Byron Jones is, uh, is, was it, did a great job on, on John, uh, Thompson the first time. Thomas, sorry, the first time, and, and I feel like that they're probably going to roll with that opportunity to try to see if he can handle that again because he looks like he's in midseason form. And then I, I think for you know for Kamara, yeah, you know, he's a special, kind of unique player. So it's it's going to be a
0: combination
1: of solutions that it's going to end up happening. And I would say, yeah, that probably Jordan Lewis being on on him and on passing downs is probably a part yeah. Of I that.
0: think especially with Teddy Bridgewater in this game, um, I don't know how much of the Seattle. New Orleans game, you get to see Landon, but Teddy Bridgewater was nineteen of twenty-seven. Guess how many passes he completed beyond five yards of the line of scrimmage?
1: Hmm, I, I mean, just based on the what I saw, like three.
0: Three would be the correct answer. Uh, he had. I'm wow. looking at his chart right now. He had.
1: I I seriously just guessed that. That's that's just nuts. That's, that's
0: j- just the three. Three. But listen to this. This is my favorite stat. He had five completions five yards behind the line of scrimmage or more in this game.
1: So he had more completions that were deeper than five yards behind the line of scrimmage than he had further than five yards Correct. beyond the line of scrimmage? In total,
0: he had four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen 13 completions that were at the line of scrimmage or behind.
1: I see, you know, I, I, I just, I think this is going to be a good matchup for the Cowboys defense because <sighs> look, I mean, Say what you will, they have two really great dynamic players that you have to account for. I mean, I'm certainly not going to sit here and discount Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, who are two of the best playmakers in the NFL, and basically single-handedly beat Seattle at, in Seattle, right? I, I just think that the Cowboys are going to be able to get a better pass rush uh, on the opportunities that they get that, that chance on, on Bridgewater. I think that the Cowboys may even rally to the football a little bit better, and I think knowing what's coming a little bit better um, may help the situation. Now you can't always just count on that because it's it's Sean Payton, but I, I just think seeing what 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 they, what Teddy Bridgewater has for them kind of uh, gives them an idea, a contour of what they are facing, and I think. It's a good you know, a good schematic matchup. If that's, if that's the kind of game he w- wants to, have to play, that's a good schematic matchup for what the Cowboys want to do. All
0: right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk a little bit about rookie Tristan Hill. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program, you can attend the concert or show of your choice and earn credit towards your next live event. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. All in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. Vivid Seats rewards. For the month of September, earn double credit back from 10 to 16% on all of your purchases through the Vivid Seats app. Go to the App Store Or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest seater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program now. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. All right, Landon. This question comes from Rob Johnson. He wants to know how did Tristan Hill play? Uh, what did you see from him in both the run and the pass game?
1: Well, I, I I actually have only done offense and I haven't done defense yet. But I saw, but I've watched the game several times and and specifically paid attention to Tristan Hill. So um, I will say that I think. He played. Uh, he played well. I think he did a good job of, for the most part of keeping his pad level low. And when he didn't, he was you know caught hand fighting at times. Um, I think there was a couple plays where people were excited about what he did when he was actually getting trapped. It was on a, mm-hmm. on a trap play, especially that one near the goal line. It's great to see him get through the line that quickly. It's great to see him with that kind of athleticism, the
0: quickness, and explosiveness. Um, yep.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and I think he did have a hand in that. I mean, not literally a hand, but I think he was involved in that play uh, in which Jalen got the the forced fumble. I think it, it, he penetrated and caused the running back to have to adjust. Uh, so I, I think there was some definite good snaps, and I think for you know for a look, defensive tackle is a very difficult position sure. to start playing as a rookie in the NFL, uh, and this was his first start. So I think for you know all, for that I think he had a uh, a good a good game. I think he's got some ways to go, um, and I and I definitely am not like ready to put him back down uh, uh, in you know un- inactive. I think it's t- it's time to kind of keep him up if can. Um, but I, I also think that you know he's not taking snaps away from Lee Collins yet. Or I mean, you know, he may he may end up sneaking some snaps as a pass rusher as, as a nose tackle because I think that he did do some interesting things as a nose tackle. But I also think that he it will struggle if he has to be, you know, the point of attack on a double. Well, team. well what, you know what what I saying? found but,
0: the most interesting in it, this wasn't unexpected, but most of his snaps in this game came as a one technique because of yeah. the injury to Antoine Woods. Uh, they didn't draft him to be a one technique, right? They, they drafted him to be an up-the-field three technique to probably eventually fill in for Lake, Malik Collins. Uh, but I thought he handled himself well in a role or in a position that he's not really accustomed to playing. Um, but if I had to kind of write down notes about him, it's a lot of the same what we saw pre-draft and what we saw in training camp. The athleticism is crazy. The explosiveness and the effort, and those are all things you love to see. There's just a, there's a lot of technique things that need to be refined. Um, there, he needs to be a lot more disciplined. In some things, but I think for his first start at a position that he wasn't, you know, really built to play, uh, I thought he played well.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, you know this is this is uh, you know one of those situations where. He just needs to play a lot of snaps. Yeah. You know, he needs to see more football. He needs to understand what the offensive line is trying to do to him. I agree. You know, and I think that that's that's where you know guys like you know Demarcus Lawrence are, are teaching the five hundred one class, and 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 this guy is still he's still taking the one hundred one sure. class. You know, it, it's just going to take a little while to gain that that kind of breadth of knowledge not just of what you're doing but understanding what blocking schemes in general are doing and then being able to recognize that quickly and adjust
0: all right this is this is a fire take that somebody sent to us i, I want to get your opinion on this one landon uh this one's from is this
1: just your burner account that you said that you no, tweeted this question No, this, is, this <laughs> okay. one's from jb
0: okay. dak prescott okay. has statistically regressed each of the games he's played against arguably the worst three teams in the nfl isn't it logical to expect, with the strength of schedule, head for the, his stats to nosedive?
1: No, <laughs> I, I,
0: I, I mean, look. I mean, he, he's 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 regressed from 400 yards to 375 to three touchdowns. To yeah, I mean, it's it's a massive regression, right? <sighs> <I> th- <laughs> like,
1: <you> know, it's. <sighs>
0: His Q- yeah,
1: offense is kind of it's a it's, offense is a zero sum game. I mean, you had two <laughs> running backs rush for a hundred yards. So I just want to point out yeah, his QBR I mean,
0: in the last three games is 99, 94, and ninety. So I mean, that's that's a big regression down to the first best quarterback in the league to the second best.
1: I think what, what you're <laughs> seeing is a guy's you know establishing a statistical baseline I to mean, me. Yeah. I mean, that's. Like I don't know. Like I, I, think there's fluctuation, but that seems like a pretty three consistently good games. Uh, you know, granted, I, I'm certainly not discounting the 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 uh, the talent disparity between the between the teams that the Cowboys have played, but at the same time, like, you know, you can't credit them for doing what they're supposed to do. They're, they're if they're better teams, they should beat the crap out of those other teams. And guess what happened? We beat the crap out of those other teams, mm-hmm. so you know I, 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 you can't blame them for what they haven't been at,
0: been provided the opportunity to do yet. I, I agree. Um, this one next comes from at Av Hustle. Uh, is there any concerns about Cooper's drops in the first three ga- games? I think he has a drop in each contest. Uh, I heard he dropped the ball a lot in Oakland. Uh, I can kind of handle this one when you're getting. up oh, please, yeah, when you're getting open as frequently as Amari Cooper uh, and as consistently. I don't really care about drops. It's not like he's dropping two or three passes a game. Uh, every once in a while have a concentration drop, but he more than makes up for it. Uh, I think drops, and I've kind of been on this train for a while is the most overrated stat when it comes to receiver. Yes, that's your job to catch the ball. But if, if you're getting open and you're dropping one pass out of every 15, 16 targets, it's not that big of a deal. 99% of times drops result in incompletions. Um, you know, I, I'd, re- I'd much rather have a receiver who has a, an occasional drop than one who doesn't create separation. Uh, and that's why I don't really worry about it too much. I know people in Oakland, uh, they got to be where they got tired of it. Uh, with Cooper, it's, I, I don't think it's one of these things that, you know, it, it, it's not that they, don't come, they come in bunches or anything like that. They're, they're just occasional. Sometimes it's him looking at where he's going to run after he gets a catch a, catches a pass. Uh, I'm not worried about it because Amari's been so special through the first three weeks. Uh, any thoughts on Cooper's drops?
1: No, I think you said it really well. He's, again, like a high-variance player. Sometimes you get drops. Sometimes you get 85-yard touchdowns. Right,
0: and it, again, it's not like drops are that big of a negative, right? It's it's an incompletion. No. It, it's not a sack. Yeah. It's not – you're not turning the ball over. There's way worse things that a receiver can do than drop the ball. I, just just – Believe me on that one. Uh, this one comes from at Ja uh, What's He wants to know what's up with Connor Williams. Do you think he struggled through the first three games, and how do you think he's looked?
1: I, I mean, I think he's definitely the fifth offensive lineman on this team. Um, and, you know, because of that and because of how good the other four specifically are playing right now, uh, he is the target on the blocking Yeah. So I think that they're doing a lot of different things to uh, to try to specifically make his life difficult, um, and I think for the most part he's been okay. You know, I, I mean clearly, like look look at the results. Like Dak has not been. Uh, I think he's had, what he's had been sacked twice. Yeah. Is that yeah. it or something like and that? One, was, I mean, this, one came after in, in,
0: nine seconds, like a legit nine seconds. Yeah,
1: after he after he literally got through his three reads three times. He said, right. "That's crazy." Right. So yeah, I mean. I think the expectation is the standard is high, and that's good. I mean, we, I, I, of all people, have been out here before the season saying, hey, this offensive line has to be better. It has to be better. And that this that there's no more excuses, and, 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 I, and I, I, I've been critical. I, I think they are that, that good. They are better. Is Connor Williams as good as the other four? No. Has he struggled uh, against you know some of the better? I mean, look, say what you will about the teams they've played. I feel like each one of them on some level has had some sort of interior uh, defensive line presence that's worth mentioning. Yep. And uh, and I think that he's availed himself pretty well overall. I, there, As much as we've seen a couple bad plays, I've seen a couple of really great plays. Uh, you know, with him beating up linebackers down oh, the field say, ten yards at a time on that pulling that was so awesome. That to was on the 20 can,
0: Pollard run. I believe it was the eleven yard yes. run. He, I'm, uh, dude, he was beating that yeah. dude up for like uh, fifteen I'm, yards. I'm actually watching it, it right now. The Cowboys started that uh, play at their own forty five, and Connor Williams pancaked. I I think it's actually a safety at their forty yard line. I, I mean, it was just it was an incredible play by by Connor Williams. So. I don't have a problem with it, and actually, I think I think the league's been a little bit ticky tacky when it comes to him on some of his penalties. I I thought his holding yeah. call was kind of weak. It, it didn't mm-hmm. seem like there was much there. I don't know. I, I I feel like he's been a little bit of the target for Dallas for for some of these holding calls. So I'm not super worried about him. Um, this next question comes from at Frankie. Uh, which team in the NFC poses the greatest threat for the Cowboys in the playoffs? Uh, it's a little hard to answer that one because we're only three weeks into the season. Uh, some of these teams are still banged up. Obviously, New Orleans doesn't have Drew Brees. Um, Seattle's still working their way through a bunch of injuries. But what is the one team that makes you a little bit nervous to potentially play them in the playoffs, Landon?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't hate it if, uh, if New Orleans got... You know, knocked out of the playoff picture before Drew Brees got. Yeah, that would be nice. It's so hard
0: to play in New Orleans too.
1: Yeah, it's it's really tough. I I think Seattle doesn't terrify me. Uh, You know, Philly. I mean, Philly is still Philly, and and they're still a division rival, and so I think there's an extra level of difficulty there. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, for me, Um, it's still the Rams,
0: right? I know Jared Goff yeah, hasn't. Played. it's got be Rams, I know Jared right? Goff hasn't played as well lately as you know people expect, but they have so much elite talent on that team, and with Cooper Cup back, their offense is really hard to stop. They still have Aaron Donald, uh, Wade Phillips is still a really good defensive coordinator. I, I still think the Rams are probably the best team in the NFC, right?
1: But Goff, I mean, Goff is a pretty clear weak point in that offense, right? Like, I, I think the thing that's gonna like, I think that the reason that they're gonna end up staying on top of it is because their defense is starting to pick it up and and i think that that will help stabilize things but i mean i as even as good as mcveigh is as a play caller that offense i i have real concerns about golf because i don't trust the offensive line in front of him as much and i really feel like golf like with pressure in his face is problematic
0: yeah, I, that's a team I'm really interested to see how they do at the second half of the year because they have looked very beatable the first couple weeks. I mean, Cleveland, without their entire starting secondary, had a chance to tie that game in the fourth quarter because Goff yeah. was just giving them yeah. the ball away. So I, I don't feel like... In, a, in previous years, I felt like there was a big gap between the Rams, yes. New Orleans, and then Dallas. I, obviously, I think Dallas can compete. I don't feel that way this year. I, I think... Dallas can go into any stadium and win. Will they? It's it's yet to be seen, but I do feel like the Cowboys are at least close to that same level as some of those some of those elite teams. Alright, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Lynn and at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.